And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. Doc Manson, um, you just took a sip of what looked like a hot beverage. Does it feel different today? I'm not really Durango Canyon Matthews at the DC Matthews. You don't notice a little extra warmth above the top lip there, Doc Manson at Doc Manson? Uh, If anything, I, I noticed a little less warmth there, Durango. For the last year or more maybe even since covid you've had a caterpillar sitting atop your lip um it's gone and i don't know what to do what what happened tell us i leave for a week and you do something this drastic it fell off dc i don't know what to tell you where were you when it fell off i mean i guess i was at home um you know, and it just kind of plop right on off. Did it fall off I, in they one, just, one piece? They just don't. They just don't make them like they used to. DC. I, I don't know what to tell you. Like those cheap mustaches. They're just. What can I tell you? They're cheap. Does your wife prefer you uh, with a bald lip, with a hairy lip, or is she gonna, you know, love you equally no matter what? Um, I'd like to think that she'd love me equally no matter what. Um, but the amount that she kept commenting on on how how nice it was to see my face again and and you know ah who is this person and the the amount the amount that I had to endure um, <laughs> suggests to me that I'm going to need to grow it back out of spite incredibly quickly. You do have a there when you smile. There is this hint of boyish glee. That, that, you know, we both had birthdays since the last time we spoke. Um, you know, I, I, it looks like you turned back the clock a bit. Yeah. Well, you know, I got to do something, DC. I got to do something to keep me young. How was the birthday? Uh, the birthday was fine. Birthday was fine. Uh, I ended up not going to work despite the fact that I was planning to work on my birthday. Okay. Why did you not go to work? Uh, because the day before my birthday, I blacked out at work. What? <laughs> I reach I reach for a seltzer. I take my eyes off the camera for a minute and something even more shocking than the lack of mustache. Uh, okay. Um, you blacked so, out. You know, I, I, I suffer from uh, anxiety issues, a, a generalized anxiety disorder, um, you know, for which I take medication. And from time to time in my past, I have experienced uh, panic attacks. And, you know, well controlled, I would say, uh, with medication and all of that. Uh, but, you know, I've been under a lot of stress recently, um, working 18 different jobs, yes. my father in the hospital, et cetera, et yes. cetera. That was on my so, list. So uh, I was at work and it was a very stressful day um, for multiple reasons. And it was like four o'clock, almost quitting time. 
and I look at my email and I get this email from somebody who's pissed at me for something. And it what like DC, I'm not even shitting you. Like it wasn't even a big deal. You know what I mean? Like it, re- it wasn't, it was not a big, it was an email back being like, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. I'll take care of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like my hubris, because as soon as I read the email, I felt it. <clears throat> I felt it in the pit of my stomach and my chest that feeling, you know what I mean? Yep. And I knew it was happening. And I said to myself, okay, I just, I'm just gonna, I guess I'm just going to sit here and wait for this to blow over. It's going to wait it out. Sure. You know what I mean? Because again, I, I knew what it was. It's not abnormal necessarily. And so I'm sitting there and I go, Oh yeah, I am so thirsty while I'm waiting for this thing to just work itself out. I'm just going to go to the water fountain. I'm going to fill up my water bottle and I'm going to have some water while I wait this panic attack out. And I get to the water fountain and I start filling my water bottle and I get about, I don't know, a quarter of the way up the water bottle. And I say, oh, this was a mistake. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. I need to sit down right yeah. now. Yeah. Um, and then the next thing I remember, I w- woke up looking at the ceiling in the hallway. <laughs> my nose bleeding from where I smashed it against the water fountain. And my colleague was over me asking if they wanted me to call nine one one. Yeah. Yeah. The EMTs came out. I, I didn't, I did not go with them to the hospital sure. by the time they, they came, they weren't concerned with a concussion or anything. And I had my faculties back about me. So I said, ah, I know what it was. It hasn't happened like that before. That was an escalation for me. I've never passed out before. But again, I think there was some hubris involved because I, I I took the mindset of, ugh, this, this is stupid. I'm going to go get myself a drink of water. And I should have just sat in my chair. Yeah. I should have just waited for it to pass. But I didn't. And and I paid the price, DC. I paid the price. I, I chuckled earlier, which, you know, is what friends do. Oh, absolutely. I would expect nothing else. But part of it is because, okay, so it's the day before your birthday. Yeah. Your birthday is April 21st. That's true. Uh, so this was April 20th. Woo! And it was four <laughs> or so in the afternoon. Oh, yeah. So I'm like, so obviously, knowing you the way I do, clearly, yes. You had a panic attack. You made a wrong choice in getting the water. But one who didn't know you as well would just go, oh, you just got super high and blacked out, you know. I, uh, I, I, I got myself uh, an edible, and <laughs> I ate the whole thing. I mean, people told me it was strong. I ate the whole thing, though, and I didn't feel anything. Yeah. So I had a second one, and... <laughs> Yeah, and the next yeah. thing I remember, it was three days later. I was in a different state. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wasn't wearing my pants. I was wearing <laughs> pants, but they weren't my pants. And uh, yeah, yeah, it was, it was uh, a moment. Okay, so <laughs> I, I'm going to ask some questions. I will try not to be super personal, but eh, the world is the world will be concerned. Um, have you seen a doctor about this, or are you? Attributing it since you are technically a doctor, are, have you diagnosed yourself and just sort of been like, well, that was dumb on my part and moved on? 
Well, uh, column A and column B. I, I definitely have diagnosed myself to an extent because, yeah. again, I have a history with this. I, I, I know what it was. Um, it just so happens that this morning I had a, uh, I, I, you know, again, I'm on some medications where they, they like me to go in for checkups every six months. Yep. And so I actually was there to see my, my general practitioner this morning, and I, I relayed the story to him as well. And yeah, he's not concerned much the way I'm not concerned. Well, that's so. Good. Yeah. I mean, you know, the way I figure it is, it's a thing, man. It's a condition. And, you know, like, like my dog has epilepsy, you know what I mean? And we sure. medicate him. And, you know, it's expected he's going to have some breakthrough seizures every once in a while. It's just the way it is. Yeah. And that's kind of how the. What I that's the, the sort of the attack I take on the panic attacks is it would be real nice if I didn't have any ever again. Sure, but you know if I'm only having one every, I don't know. I mean this is probably my first one I've had in over two years. Yeah. So like I, so whatever. My, my question to you. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> as someone who has family members who deal with anxiety on some level, um, and I know we have listeners who have dealt with it. You were able to recognize the feeling. Can you, if you're comfortable, um, describe what that feeling is? Like, you know, what when you know you're about to have a panic attack, what does it feel like? Um, for me, yes, uh, you can only feels, we can only go with you. Yeah, like again, it feels like a tightness in my chest, um, maybe a little bit in the stomach. Um, and yeah, when I first started having these things, I was very concerned with my yeah. family history, yeah. uh, you know, of it being a cardiac issue of some sort. And one of the first major panic attacks I had, I ended up in the hospital going through the full rigmarole, doing the CAT scans and, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera, and got a clean bill of health, no physical defects with the heart, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, that was before I was medicated or anything like that. And there's a few other things going on, but, uh, yeah, I mean, at this point, the things that should be tr- worrisome about it have been ruled out. So it really does seem like, again, it's it's a more of a mental issue than anything else. Now, admittedly, one thing I don't do as part of my, my care routine is I don't talk to a therapist. Mm. And maybe I should. I've, I've been thinking about that a little bit more this last week. Um, not something that I'm necessarily looking to do. Because I think most of my problems really just come back to stress. And while I'm sure they could teach me some better coping mechanisms, I'm also familiar with a lot of the coping mechanisms that they were likely to teach me. Sure. Uh, So I I, I don't know. But then again, you know, this quote unquote talking cure, uh, I I do think, you know, just, just speaking to someone about things can many times in and of itself be a good way of exercising uh, that pent up sort of, you know, feelings and so forth. 100%. And to go back to what you asked about physically, I mean, more than the tightness in the chest. I mean, I I, I think, and again, this is why I, I blacked out my symptoms, my physical symptoms. Now I know are really the symptoms of hyperventilation. Mm. So I, I breathe, I'm breathing rapidly. You know, uh, I, I exhale too much CO2 um, that causes your your blood, um, you know, to change pH. 
and you pass out when that gets extreme. And, and so the thing I should have done is I should have sat at my desk. I should have cupped my hands in front of my mouth or gotten a bag and, you know, the sort of things you're supposed to do for hyperventilation. Yeah. But that's <clears throat> not what I did. Yep. <laughs> like an asshole. <laughs> But again, it's never been like it's never escalated to like that before for me. I've had that feeling before, but it, like I've never actually hyperventilated sure. like that, you know? So, <clears throat> I, I don't know. Hold on a second. Yeah. Yeah. It's checking something here. Um, okay. Wednesday, April 20th, 4:51 p.m. Uh-huh. <laughs> a text from Doc Manson running a bit late tonight. Were we planning on recording or are you out of town? <laughs> oh yeah, I was so I was fully prepared to come late, home and record. You're laying on the floor talking to the paramedics and you're like, "Hold on, let me text." Uh, it was it <clears throat> had was I, after... had I said I was around, would you have podcasted? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. God. I would have loved to have talked about this right after it happened. <laughs> To be perfectly honest. I, I do feel uh, slightly badly because while this is in no way professional therapy, <clears throat> I do think there is something therapeutic in having a conversation. And I hope Absolutely. you know, I am saying this not just because we are on the air for our tens and tens of listeners. You can call me at any point. Oh, I know. If if you need to, like, I'm I'm not kidding. I will happily meet you anywhere if we need, to, you know, to talk something out. You said therapy, and I was like, "Do you need me to go with? I'll go with you. Like we can, <laughs> we can see if well, they'll let us. You. We can see us. They'll let us bring an omnidirectional microphone. <laughs> you like mm. Doc Manson? This is Doctor Gilbert. He's going to be tell us what about sort you. of forms do I have to sign to get this released? <laughs> A lot, I would assume. I would assume. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Again, I, I don't really necessarily feel like that's a thing, but yeah, I mean, obviously I know normal. Oh, I, I don't want to say normal. Most people don't, don't go around hyperventilating and passing out. But again, it's so strange to me and it, because it, it's really, for me, it, it's, it's a subconscious thing. If you had asked me up until Wednesday, like how I was doing, I would have told you fine. Great. Super. Feel good. And I even feel good now, you know what I mean? But yeah. like I think since Wednesday, I, I've had a better um maybe forefront of my mind, a conscious mind, a better understanding of just how much work and pressure and stress I I have been building up on myself over the course of the last year or so. Um yeah. in a way that before Wednesday I I don't think I was acknowledging in any way. So So that begs the question. Yeah. There's no right or wrong answer. I'm just asking the question. Are you planning on scaling back? Not really. Um, not really. I mean, because honestly, like, you know, some of the stuff is just stuff that was part of my my day job. And some of that's basically over this week. Most sure. of it, you know. Sure. Um my lab manual that I've been writing was due on Tuesday and there'll be, you know, edits and things, but like the major crunch there getting that first draft done and submitted is done. 
Okay, that's good. I, I don't know. Like, at some point, I think to myself, what about the show? Like, what about DDT wrestling? And as you said, it's it is therapeutic, but at the same time, it's 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 an evening a week that I know I've got to do this, and it's another night that I've got to do editing and get yeah. it posted. And I, I'm not against it. I just you know it's but it's one of those things where it's like, well, that's something that can easily give in the interim, right? Yeah. So like, sh- should I should I take a hiatus? Should I say? Shows off until till July fifteenth at least when I'm done with summer school, but I I don't think that would be health. I think that would be a less healthy choice than doing it in some ways. If that makes I, any sense, I I get what you are saying, and if you were to need to take a hiatus, not only would I understand, every single person listening <laughs> would also understand. Of course they would. I will. That's do, why I will they're start, the besties. I will start doing the editing again. No, understand I'm terrible possibly. at it. Uh, understand yeah. I'm terrible at it. Oh, I, I understand. But I'll do it. <laughs> My wife has said that. I've talked because you are pursuing multiple streams of income. Our friend GQ is pursuing multiple streams of income. Sometimes I'm like, I should be pursuing multiple streams of income. And my wife will say, well, couldn't you like look into, you know, maybe editing somebody else's podcast? And I went, you need to understand something right now. <laughs> I don't edit my own podcasts. I, she's like, well, you could learn. And I was like, I, I could. Yes, that is something I could do. But, <laughs> but also not something I have any interest in I, doing. You know, I would. Yeah. But it would be a steep learning curve because I don't know how to do the magic that you do so well and all of that sort of thing. So Most of my magic is just plugins, honestly. So it's not like... Hey, well... You ever want to write me out a tutorial? Let me give you more work. You ever want to write me out a tutorial uh, on how to do it? Then, you know, I am, <laughs> I, I am happy to take that off. I do want your life to be easier. So ah, the- my life is fine. I do think it's funny that you, you mentioned up the multiple revenue streams thing because, and I, like, I don't say this like to belittle you or, or anyone else. Um, I just think it's funny because like you described, you know, three different couples and like, I in, in my in my couple, I, I am the person pursuing multiple revenue streams. My wife does not. Um, GQ obviously pursuing multiple revenue streams. To my knowledge, yeah, his wife does not. And your relationship, your wife pursues multiple revenue streams. Yeah. And you do not. And I, unless I, we unless we count the great Patreons. Like the, the great hey! patrons. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that is what my wife. Money. That is what my wife did say. She was like, "You haven't had to pay to watch your Peacock wrestling in a very long time." And I was like, "Technically, that's true." Yeah, I mean, that's absolutely true. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I, it's just I think it's interesting to the. I don't know if what that says about things. Does that mean that GQ and I are more like your wife than 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 we are you? I, I don't. I, think, I don't know about I, that. But. I think there needs to be a balance. I think clearly, you know, and I have failed to strike it personally. No, but. I mean between your between the members of a couple. Yeah, yeah I think if you're, I think I think if you're both chasing down three or four revenue streams, the relationship may 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 suffer. Um, you know, having somebody there who, and again, we don't know GQ's relationship. 
maybe Mrs. GQ is doing more to kind of support, you know, like GQ, turn off your radio for a minute. You don't think she's got an OnlyFans, do you? There we are. That's the you're you're fine. <laughs> I've just determined. <laughs> I've just determined. Then your bill of health. You're fine. Um, no, but I I think you know there are things that I as my wife has said there are things that I do that make her be is have an easier time pursuing multiple forms of income. I am sure your wife has things she does. That helps uh, you pursue yeah. multiple forms of income. <laughs> I'd like to believe that Mrs. GQ has things she does to help GQ pursue multiple forms of income. So I think I think there is balance in all things. And I have had conversations with my wife when she I feel she needs to scale things back. Maybe Mrs. Manson has told you based on the events. I can't imagine she loved the idea because you had to drive her home. No, she was she wasn't on work that, on campus that day. Oh, so. you had to drive yourself home. In theory, yes. Um, I have a coworker who uh, a bit older than I am. Who who? What's the what's the the nicest way to put this is is who went into full mom mode ah and said uh, I will drive you home. <laughs> well, that is nice. I appreciate that because that was yeah. one of my first things. All right. Because <clears throat> again, now granted, I was away, so I wasn't like. But I was like, you could have called me. I would have come picked you up. No, I wouldn't have. I was. <laughs> I would have, but I'd be like, wait, hold on, I'll be there in three and a half hours. Right, um, right. But again, it, it, it. I don't know. It wasn't really. I know, but still serious. But as things go, it wasn't as serious yeah, as it could have you know. been. Yeah. Well, I am glad that you are doing well. Um, I hope you are, you know, caring for yourself as much as you need to. And again, as I said, whatever you need. Yeah. (laughs) Breathe. Breathe. And that's why I I shaved the mustache. Something had to change. I got blood in it when I hit the water. (laughs) (laughs) I had a, a bruise under my eye and cut on the bridge of my I, nose i believe it a few days it healed up I, pretty quick i fell out of the shower once and cut my face so <laughs> i'd like to i'd like to point out that all of those words were intentional i didn't fall in the shower uh-huh i fell out of the shower that's lovely i, I just was, did a spit take all was, over my screen i was moving <laughs> and i fell and went through the curtain you're the best to the vanity uh <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're the best <laughs> I, I'm going to ask you the question that I, I intended to start the episode with before we got sidetracked with your scary and ultimately you know relieving news um, hypothetical for you doc alright you are given an amount of money let's say hypothetically 40 Three Six? to forty-four billion, billion dollars. dollars. Oh, okay. Yeah. What are you going to do with forty-three to forty-four, or whatever the final price is? You know where I'm going with this. Billion dollars. I'm not gonna buy Twitter. 
Are you going to buy anything or are you just going to Scrooge McDuck it? Oh, um, I feel like Scrooge McDucking it would be pretty unsanitary. So, yeah, I don't know. I think I would probably uh, take a billion dollars, put it in a bank somewhere, nice annuity where I could just live off the interest for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. And I would take the other 42 to 45 billion dollars and I'd have to figure out something real good to do with it. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, pay back all the debt of every single medical student in the country, or I don't know how yeah. exactly how much money that actually adds up to. If that would even take a, you have forty-two billion dollars. I think you'll be okay. But then again, medical students—they're going to be all right, aren't they? Once they get out of medical school. Maybe I need to Eventually. find a different group. I, I don't know. That's see, that's where it becomes difficult, right? What would you actually do with that money? I don't know. I'd have to. I'd have to hire some people to do some actual research into where that's, would money. That's be best the question. Put and you know, I've read about. I don't know her name, which is sad. Uh, Jeff Bezos's ex-wife, mm. um, Mackenzie Scott, and she does. She has a. She has a group of people in her company and their job is to find the right places. You know, you need, you need that group that's going to help you figure out how to spend <clears throat> that money. Cause whether it's paying off medical debt, nothing wrong with that. Um, or whatever it is you're going to do feeding the hung, like oh, medical debt, straight up, just people with medical debt. Oh, there you go. That's, yeah. that's probably a pretty worthy cause in this country. Yeah. No, I mean it would be it would be worthy cause in any country, but I just meant with yeah. how fucked up I, healthcare you know, is in this country. Um, I'd like to do something for teachers, of course, being an educator myself. But yeah, so I'd like I, to buy I, all of their schools and burn them to the ground. Yeah, and we can start fresh. That's it. Some of them kind of need it. Uh, you know, I this was the issue. The big, you know, Elon Musk is buying Twitter in the process of buying Twitter. And so I put this out actually this morning uh, to the world, to the besties, and then to Twitter in general. Um, and it was a two-part question. The first part was, what do you do with $43 billion? And the second part was, if you owned Twitter, like instead of giving $43 billion, if you got to be in charge of Twitter, what would you do? Uh, edit button. Yeah immediately an edit button do you worry i would get the algorithm to uh calm the hell down on prioritizing engagement above all else mm. um and i would not allow donald trump to get back on my platform at for any reason yeah that's you know, we there's multiple episodes in all of this here. Um, you know, Elon Musk sent out a tweet. I think it was recently basically being like, if Twitter's for free speech, it's for free speech for everybody. We're going to piss the far right and the far left off equally. And I'm like, well, let's not go that far. Let I me get need, this straight. I don't need my speech far to left, be that free. Who, who, who want health care for everyone and, and free education and... Uh, you know, all the, all those sorts of things versus literal fascists. Uh, we, we, we should just piss each of those groups off equally. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
All right, Elon. The the risk I see with an edit button is it allows someone to go back and every uh, other social media has an edit button. I know, I know, I know. Uh, yeah, uh, there's a delete button, and you you still have Jewish space lasers on Marjorie Taylor Greene's Twitter account. That's I mean, true. You can't fix stupid. True. Uh, someone named Mike Frizz. Uh, I imagine the answer. Is to most of wrestling Twitter is forty three billion in wrestling t shirts. Uh, retire by a golf course. I once I forget what the name of this woman was, but there was a woman who, um, I want to say she was like a, a daughter or a wife. I don't know if it was an oil baron or a railroad tycoon or something, but she ended up you know, inheriting all this ridiculous amounts of money. And she started building this estate. Like she moved from wherever she was, I think out to like California and she started building this estate and it's, it's, it's big in like the supernatural um, community because supposedly like she went to a fortune teller who told her that once the manor was done, uh, she would, she would lose her life or something. So she just kept building Sure. Forever and ever and ever. And it's this huge, massive estate with all these different grounds and gardens and buildings and rooms. And, um, you know, and part of it was because she wanted to have an estate that all of her extended family could come and actually live with her. But, I, you know, I, I think more to the point is she had all of this money and she saw it as a way to, you know, continuously employ craftsmen and artisans and basically, like, you know, entire towns of of workers, she was able just to pay them basically the rest of their lives to continue sure. working for her with health care, with benefits. Like, yep. And she hired, like, Irish immigrants who at the time, like, could not get jobs because of racism in this country. Um, I forget, again, I forget what her name was. Um, but it just, it's, it's always, it was, because it always seems weird now. Like, she's, she's trumpeted by this. By like again, like like the supernatural community as being this kook or crazy, but really she was just a. Are you uh, referring to Sarah Winchester and the I Winchester was, Mystery yes, House? Yes, Winchester. Thank you, thank you, Google. As I typed in "rich woman building a state that never ended," and that was the first result. Thank yes, you. The wife, uh, widow of firearms magnate William Winchester. So I was what wrong you, about the oil and the railroads. You were close enough. What do you got there? I've got I've got a Mrs. Manson. She brought me some water and some s'mores. Uh, can she hear me? Hi. I think she can hear you. Uh, mustache, yay or nay? <laughs> I like both, but I told I you that like was like when he's got no mustache. I was going to say I knew you were going to pick the I love him both equally, but uh, second question. Um, I told him he maybe he should want to scale back since he hit himself on the water fountain. Have you told him he should scale back? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm she not- told me I should quit DDT wrestling. No, I did not say that. I said maybe he'd want to pick a semester at the other place where he teaches and perhaps not both and also the summer at the other place where he teaches. Yeah. But, you know. No, no. She blamed the podcast. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mrs. Manson. We need to get her you her own. We need to get her her own microphone and headphones and she can just sit in sometimes and be a part of the show. So, 
I love you both. I we love you. Thanks for chiming in. But yes, yeah, San Jose Giant Mansion, 1886. Yeah. yeah. And again, like, you know, she has this legacy of just being like this kook, but like in all actual, like there she was not a spiritualist. She's got there's like no record of her going to any of those sorts of actual people. It seems like she was just a good person who people made this story up about because they didn't understand why this person would spend all of their money just to keep people employed. Yeah. Hey, I can think of far worse ways to spend. That's what I'm saying. And it's small. You know what I mean? It's not grand. It's not necessarily a grand gesture. It's not paying back all the, again, like, you know, paying back all the medical debt in the country. You can't do that with $44 billion. I wish you could, but you can't. So what can you do? Can you change a hundred people's lives? Is that enough? Is that enough good? I don't know. Like, well, you know, forty-three billion dollars. I imagine you can change quite a number of people. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, Dan Noonan retire by a golf course. Eliminate the ability to at someone unless they are a mutual. Interesting. Uh, Paul at Y two Stump. I'm spite buying the Yankees and running them into the ground. They'll never win another World Series again. And what he would do with Twitter, I'd get together with the MySpace guy and let him guide me. He's the only one that's gotten shit right. Whatever happened to Tom? Um, he sold MySpace for a ton of fucking money. Yeah, and then just disappeared. Yeah. Good for Tom. Uh, Brent's answer I like so far, at AWI Pod, I'd give at least a billion to each of the besties. Yeah. Uh, pay off bills for me and my mom, build a recording studio, buy enough shares of WWE where people got to listen to me, then give the rest away. Would would you, if you, you had $43 billion, would you do anything in the world of pro wrestling? Hmm. Would you, would you make a company in which people could uh, control their narrative? Definitely not. Definitely not. I mean, for $43 billion, you could buy the WWE. Like, you could just buy it outright. Yeah, that's true. I mean, Star Wars only cost $4 billion or was it $2 billion? I forget. And Marvel was similar. You know what I mean? Like, I have to believe you could buy all of the WWE for probably much less than a billion dollars. No figures have, I, again, Google, how much would it cost to buy the WWE? No figures have officially been brought up, but sources say if NBC were to buy WWE, it'd be in the range of 2 to $4 billion. Okay. So you could buy the WWE and still have 40-ish billion dollars. Now, I wouldn't do that, but, I mean, you know, good to know that you could. Yeah, let's see here. Ooh, Michael Rag. I don't know if I've ever interacted with him on Twitter. Be Batman or Iron Man like a cool billionaire should. And then again, he he also suggested an edit button. So, and then let's see. Did we have some in the bestie chat here? Got to scroll through. Here's the real question, DC. If uh, you and I take our leave of Twitter... And we open up our Mastodon accounts. Who in the besties are coming to Mastodon with us? What is Mastodon? It's basically an open source Twitter. 
that was made years ago, sort of in response to all the bad shit happening on Twitter. Huh. Still exists. And since, c- since uh, Elon, you know, announced his buy buyout, apparently of like the last, you know, three or four days, they've gained about 30,000 30, uh, new subscribers. So interesting. I have considered, and I th- we may have even talked about this at one point, a Discord server for yeah. the besties. Um, yeah. Uh, Danny Scorpio, our bestie, the Lord Jalapeno, uh, spending it on the welfare system in the UK, food banks in the UK. People shouldn't have to choose between for food and heating. Nationwide network of homeless shelters. This is the kind of person you give this kind of money to. Yeah. Instead of going to space or buying a social media platform. Oh, I'm going to space. I forgot that was an option. <clears throat> you could also probably go to space for how much of space would you want to go to? Because I watched a Neil deGrasse Tyson interview in which he was talking about how these people who are going to space are going like, you know, essentially like millimeters out of the atmosphere. So you're right. barely not even, they're space. not even getting the head in, really. Yeah. How how much into space would you want to go with? I would want to go all the way in space with Markiplier. Have you watched? I watched part one. Yeah. It was fun. I haven't I started watching it and then I forgot. And then he was in the hospital and yeah, intestinal blockage. He couldn't poop. It's not the first time it's happened to him. Not good. I know all about his bowels now. Did he post about that? A little bit. All right. <laughs> uh, Danny would also buy Jeremy and Glenn their own wrestling promotions. Somebody Ooh. would buy uh, Simon his own Prince Devitt. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Um, getting into the world of wrestling briefly, briefly, briefly. Um, your girl's back there. It's been a while. Oh, she made a return. Who? Oscar. That name sounds familiar. She made a return. She looked good. She looked happy to be there. Feels like uh, a name I should recognize, but I just can't remember back that far. Asian face paint, dyed hair. Likes to throw her butt at people. Oh, she does sound like someone I would like. Yeah. Takes her mask off and bites it in a somewhat come hither way. Oh, my. Oh, so, my. What's she doing? I came, interrupted a Becky Lynch promo, and seems like we're going to have an Oscar Becky Lynch program, which is never going to be a bad thing. <laughs> hey, can I so, ask a question? I'm, sure. I'm, I'm sort of actually playing around here. I, I did see a little bit. Of footage of Oscar's return. Um, what the fuck happened to Becky Lynch? Why is she dressed like that? Well, so I know the answer is because she's involved with the Drip Master or whatever his name is. It's got to be that their characters are bleeding over into one another. But my God, what was she, what was that? Uh I think the issue is so she she did the you know the man gimmick, um, and then. She knows, as many good wrestlers do, that you got to evolve. You got to keep things fresh. And so when she came back as a heel, she became big time Bex. And yeah, she started dressing more and more goofy. And then when Bianca cut her hair, she got the different haircut that makes her look like the lead singer of Paramore. And now she's just wearing, um, from what I can remember, an oddly shaped trash bag. 
Yeah. And I mean that in the best possible way. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Okay, great. I don't know. I don't know. But Asuka's back. Mustafa Ali's back. We didn't think we'd see him him again. He beat The Miz. Great. Uh, have you heard about the new wrestler, Ezekiel? Yeah. Um, Elias's younger brother. Yeah. Yeah. I I am just... Oh, shirt's coming off. Sweatshirt. Don't get excited. Uh, I'm just, you know... I'm entertained that they're trying a story like that in 2022. Whether or not it's actually Elias just without the beard or whether or not maybe this man secretly had a twin, that would be the best. If the, if he actually had a twin brother that nobody knew about and all of a sudden the actual Elias showed up and that, oh, that would be great. But I suppose that's unlikely. At best, I, I've realized that, you know, we have access to now the Xfinity beta stream on our Amazon. Yeah, what? So Xfinity has a basically a streaming app. Um, and it had it's the beta test app on the Fire Stick. Um, and you're able to, if you log in with a Xfinity account, which members of my family have um you can watch stuff there's certain channels that you can't watch um live because they're you have to be connected to the home network which is weird but we figured out that we could watch red sox games on you know we could record the game and then watch it the next morning or later that day or whatever and i'm laying in bed the other night going huh that means i could technically start recording wrestling and it would be a much easier way for me to watch it than going to the usa network app and doing all of that type stuff um i'd be able to fast forward through commercials i don't know that i'm going to i could do rampage i suppose and dynamite or what have you but it at least means it's an option but i don't know that i'm gonna partake yeah i think i told you i don't know if i told you like, you know, I've been building the server over here, and yeah. at some point the server went down. Did I tell you how the, how the server went down? No. Okay, well, the server went down um, uh, because all the company that makes this particular NAS product had a security flaw in their operating system, and basically every single one of their devices that were connected to the internet got hit with a uh, deadbolt ransomware. So basically all my files got encrypted and I had to pay, you know, $20,000 to have it unlocked. And I uh-huh. said, well, I ain't fucking doing that. I'm just going to wipe it all and start from scratch. Um, and so I did that. And I actually took the opportunity to learn a little bit more about how I might've been able to prevent such an intrusion on my own separate from sure. what's built into the operating system. Learned a little bit more about how to run my own apps and containers as opposed to the ones coming out of their like, you know, built in store system. So a bunch of different things. But the other thing is after that happened, and this is going back a couple months now, uh, I did not reset up the 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 system I had that was pulling Rampage and Dynamite for me. I I really have no interest in watching wrestling. <laughs> um all that said, uh, you know, GQ is coming over for Forbidden Door. Um and you are certainly welcome as well. Though that's not until June at some point, I think. So. Yeah, that is 
that's the pay-per-view. That's the white whale. Uh, a, a U.S.-Japan crossover show. You know, now, great. having said that, Adam Cole wrestled, wrestled Ishii on free television. Haven't watched it. Right. So, you know, I imagine that this is going to happen more and more often. I watched wrestling for the first time in a while, but I was watching wrestling from October of 1983, watching Jim the Anvil Neidhart in a denim jacket with no shirt and a cowboy hat. Wow, that's been uh, like looking in a mirror. I was kind of like, I, you know, this, before he got the point that like, yeah. Yeah. Pull it off. Um, so, you know, at some point, perhaps, uh, I will I will try to start recording some wrestling. I am interested in Forbidden Door. I will freely admit that. Um, I should also watch next week on NXT. They are having spring breaking or spring breaking some. Yeah, you know, I don't think they're doing. I don't know that they're going to do takeovers anymore. I think just every couple months they're going to have a special named show that'll be like a mini pay per view. Um, I may watch that. And that's like but on we'll, TV in place of that week's regular yeah. episode. Yeah, it'll just it, it's just going to be a two hour quote unquote. I don't know if you I guess it could be called a premiere live event. It's technically live. Um, but Ron Breaker will be defending against Joe Gacy. I'm sure you're very excited about that. You don't know who either. Yeah. Uh, Ron Breaker's the Steiner. Yeah. I don't know what he looks like, and, but I know and he's Joe Gacy. Joe Gacy is the the closest thing we have to a new Bray Wyatt. Okay, so his name reminds me of Waylon Mercy somehow. So yeah, well, Joe Gacy, like John Wayne Gacy. Yeah, yeah, so absolutely. Think, That's probably yeah. why. Yeah. So oh, and again, similar, similar sort of thing. Now, now he's gone darker. So you know, but either way, um. At any point, we can change the name of the show if you're really done. I was thinking about it the other day, actually, and I was thinking we should rename the show to the DDTDT. DC and Doc Talk Dump Truck. <laughs> you could, like a logo would be easy. You do a dump truck that just has DDTDT on the side. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, at this point, who cares? Sure, let's do it. <laughs> I was I thinking buy, about it today. I may buy a construction hat and wear it for every episode. <laughs> we can do a new theme song, and, and instead of music beep, at all, it's just the beep, backing up of the truck. Beep, <laughs> exactly, beep. exactly. This <laughs> is DDT DT. Oh yeah, I love it. I love it. Uh, I love emails, and we have six of them, half a dozen. Uh, Half you know, a baker's dozen, almost right, not quite. Uh, podcast at ddtwrestling.com. Uh, we have two from Glenn. One he sent in last week because he's amazing. Uh, and one later where he'll answer, I think, our, our billions and billions question. Uh, Glenn's first email, a novel question. Hi, guys. This week's question has a literature flavor to it. Either fictional or factual, what would your top three all-time Ooh. book choice? Ooh. Thanks, Glenn. Ooh. Ooh. Top three books. Mm. All right. We're going to make this interesting. We have to agree. <laughs> DDT awards style. <laughs> okay. Uh, anything that gets you talking about the DDT awards, I will do. <laughs> um, 
the first book that comes to mind. It was on my list regardless, but if we have to agree, I'm assuming Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is on there somewhere. Okay, I'll take it. We can go with either just the first book or, you know, I think I have the sort of anthology with multiple books. Yeah. The restaurant at the end of the universe. I do think the first one is the strongest oh, in for the series. Sure. For sure. But, but yeah, yeah. All right. I'm happy to accept any or all, really. What would you also suggest? Because we have fairly different re- Yeah, I mean, you'll never agree to this, but I think... Uh, I think the Lord of the Rings belongs on there simply because of the depth of the world building. Which book? Well, technically. It's all one book. Yeah, it it really is. So I will say, okay, I don't. The question is top three all time book choice. I'm going to say read that as it doesn't mean favorite. Yeah. It just means I say the Lord of the Rings is probably an a very very upper echelon all time book choice. I mean the only uh, I've, like I've read it, it was a little too in depth for me. Yeah, reading it in my twenties. Yeah, but I don't. I think it's a difficult read. It's not. It's not an easy read. It's not a fun read. It's yeah. like reading an encyclopedia a lot of I, times. I think actually I'd probably enjoy it more. If I did what I do with, um, you know, history books and yeah, took notes, probably like if I had a notebook and took notes, I probably actually might enjoy it more. Yeah. Um, All right. I, I mean, the only other like upper, like upper tier fantasy book that you might be able to say deserves to be on the list more than Lord of the Rings would be the Bible. But I, like, I think the Bible sucks compared to yeah, no compared no. to. Compared to Lord of the at Rings. This point, so. At this point, we have Hitchhiker's Guide. We have Lord of the Rings. A Light in the Attic by Shel Silverstein. We Hell yeah. Children's poetry. Where the sidewalk ends, motherfucker. There we go. Where the sidewalk ends, also acceptable. The there you hungry, go, Glenn. Hungry Caterpillar. Jesus, yes. I, I considered that one, too. Everybody poops. Yeah. Hey, go the fuck Except to sleep. Markiplier. That's a good book. <laughs> What book. if you if really though? Because I'm actually interested to hear your real answers for this. Because I know we do have very <laughs> different tastes in books, and you read a lot of nonfiction, which I I do not. So interestingly enough, the books that come to mind right away aren't necessarily nonfiction. Okay, I, I enjoy nonfiction. Uh, I would put *Sapiens* by Noah Harari. That would be potentially a book that. Um, I would add to a top three. Uh, Different Seasons by Stephen King. What? Different Seasons. What do you like about Different Seasons? Shawshank, okay. Apt Pupil, The okay. Body, and the fourth book that no one talks about. But like, What's the fourth tech- book? I don't remember, but I didn't like it's that It's not The Library much. Policeman, is it? Well, let me look it up. <laughs> uh, yeah. The Shawshank Redemption, one of my favorite movies. Excellent book. Uh, the breathing method. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Is yeah, the fourth yeah. one. Okay. Um, but app pupil was great. Yeah. The movie not so good. Uh, and then the body, which became Stand by Me, mm-hmm. also very good. I love the book. Okay. So interesting choice. I would say I would say different seasons. Um, I would say Sapiens, and then I would probably say 
Lonesome Dove by Larry McMurtry. I'll throw a Western in there. Really? I knew you liked Lonesome Dove, but okay. Yeah, I, I think that might qualify. Um, you know, again, Hitchhiker's Guide could work. Uh, Kevin Smith's A Boring Ass Life is a book I've read multiple times, but I don't think uh, Kitchen Confidential by Anthony Bourdain. Very good. That might make it into a top list. What about Countdown to Lockdown? No. <laughs> you want to put a McFoley book in there, the first one, and only the first one. All of his other books aren't as good, I think. Yeah, I'm with I, you. The Percy Jackson series, which you know has the mythology element that I like. So. I'm, just, I'm just looking back at my my bookshelf. I see that and, your bookshelf. Yeah, like and honestly, looking at the books there, yeah, I think Lord of the Rings. I think I think uh, Hitchhiker's Guide yep. definitely would have been on my, my top two there. And then I don't know for a third. Um, I don't know. 1984 Fahrenheit 451. I'm going. With I'm, not, I'm, I'm not a big fan of the classics. Animal Farm. No. Catcher in the Rye. You know, this is going to sound really weird, but I think it's, I mean, it's not going to sound that weird because I think anybody who, well, maybe not anybody, but anybody that likes literature in any way probably knows that, you know, one of the most affecting books um, that I've ever read is probably To Kill a Mockingbird. Mm. Um, I can remember being mad at that book. Like when I had to read it in high school, like, I was literally mad yep. at the book. Yep. Like, and that's probably why, you know, a lot of people don't want kids reading it in schools anymore because heaven Might forbid be- you feel bad. Yeah, that's it. Uh, excellent question as always, Glenn. Yeah. Our next email comes from Jeffrey, who doesn't have Twitter. Happy belated birthday. Hey, guys. Happy Monday morning. Happy belated birthday to the both of you guys. I believe it was last week for the both of you. Hope y'all had good days. Just wanted to check in quick. I'm a little behind on the episodes, but we'll catch up. Just busy with work. I have a question for this week. If you could be any wrestler, who would it be and why? Thanks, Jeffrey from Massachusetts, who doesn't have the Twitters sent from my iPhone. If I could be a wrestler. I'm assuming this is all time. Um, yeah. I, I have my answer. It's pretty easy one for me but all right what is it the rock really would you imagine the life of dwayne johnson yeah he gets up in the middle of the night and does crazy workouts and has a strict diet and everything but he wrestled he got out of wrestling fairly healthy he's potentially the biggest movie star in the world um he it's I I don't know what his net worth is, but I imagine it's pretty damn high. Three hundred and twenty million, according to a quick Google search. Uh, you know, he he is in a position where if he wanted to run for president, he might win. Like, you know, I don't want to be McFoley and have to deal with the pain and all of that kind of stuff. Um, I don't want to be the undertaker. If you were you know. John Cena, you could speak Mandarin. John Cena's not a bad answer either, to be honest. He's not. Um, you know, I, I would love to, you know, be William Regal, but then again, he had a pretty hard life. So hmm. like if I, if, if I could wake up in the body of any wrestler right now, 
it might have to be the rock. Yeah. I but, mean, when you put it that way, it seems like the only right choice. You know, if it had to be a current wrestler, <laughs> never mind. What? <laughs> if I had to wake up in the body of any wrestler, I'm waking up in Oscar. I, that's that was not as Oscar in Oscar. Just wake. <laughs> I'm talking about my penis. <laughs> the water bottle is about a quarter of the way filled up. I have to I said, I, I said I should sit down. And the next thing I know, I'm looking at the ceiling. <laughs> Oscar's on top of me, and I'm inside of her. <laughs> I think. I think. Oh. I think Mrs. Manson would buy that. <laughs> I had a cut on my nose. That would make sense. <laughs> Uh, Brent, who would give the billion to every bestie, sends an email with the subject titled subject. Good news. I figured out something good to ask. Yes, it takes months. I was wondering if Doc and DC have a favorite family vacation they had when they were growing up. Ooh, good question. Another late happy birthday to you both and have a wonderful weekend. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Favorite family vacation. What do you got for me? Hmm. Probably going where to the Disney Manson, World. Where are the Manson? I, was gonna, it's, it's, I can remember going to Disney World probably when I was like five years old. Yeah, I had a blast. Went to Space Mountain, Thunder Mountain. Oh, I loved the Haunted Mansion. Haunted oh, yeah. Mansion. But I was all about the Haunted Mansion. Um, and I remember we stayed. I don't remember which resort it was, but wherever it was, we had a. a we, had, we were on the ground floor. We had a sliding balcony door that went outside. And there was a one-legged duck. I don't know. <laughs> I just remember loving that one-legged duck and feeding it bagels every single damn morning. And yeah. uh, I want to know what happened to that duck. I, I think Disney is the right answer. Um, we went twice. Once when I was probably seven or eight. And then once when I was probably 12. Um, and I'm sure I've told this story before. We stayed at the Contemporary Resort, which is the one where the monorail goes right through. Oh, yeah, real cool. Except we didn't pay and spend the money to stay in that part. So we stayed. The Contemporary is an expensive place to yeah. stay. But there was this little cafe in the hotel that was open really in the early in the morning. And my parents were the sort. Not that I had a strict diet as a kid, obviously. But when we were on vacation, I could pretty much eat whatever I wanted. And there were these giant brownies that had like M&Ms on top. And next to that cafe was the X-Men arcade video game. Yes. And I did not want to go to the parks. (laughs) I wanted to stay. I spent probably $50, $60 in quarters playing Colossus. And you know, playing that game as much as I could and eating those brownies. And I, it is hard for me to imagine a childhood time in my life that was happier than those moments. Sugar rushed, being Colossus, living my best life. Uh, so yeah, but Disney World's pretty awesome. Splash Mountain was great. My dad dragged us on the Tower of Terror. I almost died. Yes. Wait, Tower uh, of Terror was there? When you, oh, when it you was, went. It was new. Yeah. It was okay. new. Yeah. All right. Uh, thank you, Brent, for the email. I hope, I, I'm curious to know where a good Nebraska man takes his family on a, on a vacation. He's got some kids. Brandon Banks 
Durango's email questionnaire. If I had a spare $43 billion, what would I spend it on? I'd buy a nicer house in the same area I live in. Then also have a summer home on a lake in Michigan, along with some sort of winter getaway house in the Carolinas or, or something. I think they'd all be quite nice, but nothing you'd expect a billionaire to own. I'd probably purchase a few vehicles. Again, nothing over the top, just a rocket ship. Then I'd probably just travel a lot, maybe to <laughs> wrestling shows and baseball games. And if I suddenly came into ownership of Twitter, I don't want that responsibility. So I'd probably sell it for another $43 billion sent from my iPhone. Decent, decent idea. Does the idea of having multiple houses appeal to you? Not really. But maybe. You know, a place near Disney. A place. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. Here in New England. It is always nice to go someplace that's yours. But I I don't know. I don't mind staying at hotels and things. But I guess you've got the money. Why? Yeah, I don't know. I guess. Just get really nice Airbnbs. (laughs) Yeah, right. But yeah, you know, we've talked again, if we had lots of money about, you know, maybe you have a place in Maine and you have a place down here. My issue is like, I don't want to travel back and forth. like, I would want, you know, a helicopter to pick me up, take me to a plane that takes me there as fast as humanly possible. Like you just want to be places. Yeah. So the idea of having a Florida place is great until you have to get there. Right. So it's only a two hour plane ride though. But. True. That is true. Yeah. Uh, all right. You Thank you, Brandon. Glenn is back again. Billions and billions. Hi, guys. In answer to DC's tweeted question, I'm assuming that you said spare $43 billion. I have already sorted the family out and made sure the besties are all comfortable for life. So first thing would be a private jet so I could travel wherever in the world I wanted to when I wanted to. Sounds like Glenn's thinking along the same lines as you, DC. Uh, I would buy the rights to NXT UK and all the <laughs> talent contracts also. Give as much as needed to Dan Reed for him to create the best, most entertaining promotion on the planet. I'd fund the drug Herceptin free for all victims of breast cancer, and it would extend their life and make life better for people with terminal cancer. And as for Twitter, I actually wouldn't bother with changing it. Just educated about the joy of using the mute and block buttons so the idiots don't get an audience. Thanks, as always, Glenn. There is a part of me that would want, I would want like a wrestling promotion, but I wouldn't want one of the big ones. You know, there is uh, this company called Big Time Wrestling, which is doing a show relatively nearby, relatively Mm. within an hour. And it's going to be um, FTR managed by Bret Hart taking on Brian Pillman Jr., Brock Anderson managed by Arn Anderson. Yeah. All right. And I was like, and I looked at tickets and they were like, it's a hundred dollars for a front row seat. And I was like, we could go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I talked to uh, Mrs. Matthews about that. And she was like, would you want me to come with you? And I was like, no, cause you wouldn't enjoy it. And she's like, do you think there's a nice hotel nearby? And I was like, there's probably a hotel nearby. It's not like it's not in the Boston. It's not the Ritz Carlton, but but she was like, if there was a nice hotel nearby, I'd just go hang. And I was like, interesting. Right. So, uh, last email, Jeremy sent it in while we were recording. When is a flip not a flip? 
On a recent episode of the award-winning Joy of Booking podcast, DC Matthews was having a hard time sorting out a winner in a particular fight of his hashtag, Hossfight Tournament. Yeah. The decision was made to flip a coin to determine who would pick up the winner's purse and advance. The coin went up. The coin came down, but DC fumbled. Catastrophe ensued. I ask you, Doc Manson, to predict what DC did. <laughs> did he pick up the coin and toss again? Or did he accept the result showing on the coin after it settled on the floor? Do you think that's the common response in that situation? Why or why not? Neither here nor there, Jeremiah. I believe he just took whatever it said on the floor. No, I think I reflipped. Huh. I think I actually reflipped. Um, when was the last time you flipped a coin? I don't know. <laughs> I don't imagine you flip a coin a lot. No, not a lot. Now I'm trying to remember what the match was. <laughs> I'm going through my notes. And reflipping uh, is that? I mean, I don't know. I, I, I would. I guess it depends on the situation because like in um, sporting events, like when they do like the coin toss for the kickoff. Yeah, that lands on the ground. It's supposed to land on the ground. You know what I mean? So like. True. I don't know. Like, I feel like that's the common response. But then again, I guess I don't really know all the different situations in which one would flip a coin. I guess most people would catch it. And then the question is, do you look at what's in your hand or do you flip it over on the back of your other hand? I feel like the flip on the other hand is critical, but I bet you some people would argue with me about that. The, this part? Oh, yeah. I'm back onto the back of the other hand. That, the, that's what I did. The final flip. I think, I think that's integral, but I bet some people are like, hearsay. I'm pretty sure that was the part I messed up. I flipped it. I caught it. And then it slipped out of my hand as I tried to do the transfer. Uh, no, you got to flip it. Yeah, you got uh, And I think the interesting thing is, you know, I, I've read something about this where, you know, you're supposed to do something like that because how you, f when you're, when you really, when you say you don't know what your opinion is on something and you go to flip a coin, how you feel about the result tells you what your opinion actually is. So again, I've said this before. I do these hoss fight tournaments. I have no recollection of what happened after I did them, after I said something. Um, and so I flip a coin, and whatever the result was, I wasn't happy with. So I think I either went back and changed it or something to that effect. And it just kind of proved that you did have an opinion. You just mm, you had to, you know, had to draw it out. It. Yeah. When is a flip uh, not a flip? I'll tell you, Jeremy. Uh, when it's Travis Gordon. Wow. Hot take. Hot take. Uh, thank you to Glenn and Jeffrey and Brent and Brandon and Glenn again and Jeremy for your emails. We appreciate them each and every week. We heard from Nate. Caught him at a bad time. He said he'll send two next week. All right. Nate, you just need to send one. Although, please feel free to send two. But, uh, Doc Manson, it's that time once again. Sneaks up on us every, uh, every time we do one of these shows. What is your piece of positivity as you head into the week? Well, this one feels a little cheap, so maybe I'll, I'll uh, back it up with a second one. Uh, but this Friday marks season four of The Last Drive-In. Kicking it off on Shudder. Looking forward to sitting down on Friday night and seeing what the movies are with Joe Bob and Darcy. And uh, <clears throat> does he not tell you? He does or not. Do you just. Wow. Yeah. He gives hints. I like that. He gives hints ahead of time. Interesting. Um, I like that. 
And there's a guessing game on Twitter. People tweet their guesses to Darcy, and she uh, she eventually will will pick winners if anybody guesses correctly. But sure. Uh, have you ever tried to guess? Oh, definitely. And I've, do you have a separate Twitter account where you're just like interacting way more often? No. The place I interact <laughs> the most is Doc Manson <laughs> at Doc Manson. Yeah. I really am thinking would, about just shutting it cheap- all down. Why would that be a cheap? I feel like it's cheap because I say the last drive-in at least 18 dozen times. Because while this is I, only season four of the official seasons, <clears throat> he's had lots of like those holiday specials and things yeah. where there's actually been like 18 of them. And I feel like of those 18, like 16 times I have said that. I see no reason to, to diminish something that clearly brings you that much positivity. I'm pretty sure what I'm going to say uh, is something that I have talked about before, at least in part. All right, well, go ahead then. We'll let it count. All right. We'll let it ride. Um, I am going to chat about, uh, it's it's somewhat connected to some of the things we talked about. Um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy was a movie. Like whether how you depend how you feel about the movie it matters was not. Terrible. The the movie had a narrator, Mister Stephen Fry. Hmm. And my who, who, piece who of was posi- Arthur Dent in that? Who was what's his name? Martin Freeman. Yeah, Martin Freeman. That's right. I couldn't think of his it's name. It's not about like the cast isn't bad. Alan Rickman is Martin, the paranoid android. Alan is Rickman not, was good. They good made a, choice. I just thought they made a really bad choice with Zaphod. Like Sam Rockwell, and I, not, not even that he was fine, but I just think the way they chose to um, realize that the, the like the character's two headedness mm-hmm. was a little too. I don't meta is the right word, but like they tried, they like they tried to overthink it or something, and I just didn't care for the interpretation of the character. That and and f- when you care about the book that much, yeah. I'm sure in your head it's. Uh, I will say, but I, I thought, I thought um, Ford, I forget. Most deaf. I thought he did a fine job. Was I think a lot of people were put off a little bit. That it, again, it's not the Ford that they imagined. And I'll say sure. it, it's definitely not the Ford I imagined. I had grown up and I had seen you know the BBC series. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember who that used car salesman of a guy was that played Ford in that show. It always reminds me of Cousin Larry in my brain. I know it's not Cousin Larry, but... <laughs> um, <laughs> That's who I always think of. So yeah, Moe's death was definitely not, not the expected choice, I guess. But I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed him as Ford. I thought it was, that was some a breath of fresh air a little bit there, a little different. David David Dixon, according to again Google, David Dixon played Ford in the all BBC right. show. Glenn, tell me all about Ford Dixon or not David yeah. Dixon, <laughs> who played Ford Prefect. Thank you. You need to go sit down. <laughs> I do. My brain ain't working. Uh, I, I'm talking about the books of Stephen Fry. Uh, I hold in my hand Mythos, which again is a book I believe I have mentioned as a piece of positivity before. Uh, so I have Mythos. I have Heroes. And for my birthday, my wife got me Troy, which completes the mythology trilogy. And also a book I've been very much looking forward to, which I believe is called The Ode Less Traveled, which is Stephen Fry's book on poetry. Okay. Which is really much more like a textbook than I anticipated. I don't hate it, but it's a it's an intense read. Like there's assignments and you, you know, are writing your own poetry and things. Um, and so I brought 
uh, mythos and the the ode less traveled on vacation. And because, again, similar to Lord of the Rings, there are countless characters and things to remember. Um, I have a brand new notebook and I have taken this morning, I took my 16th page of notes. Uh, I am doing far more work on this book than I did in most of my college classes. <laughs> Fair. Uh uh, but yeah, I, I'm enjoying it very much. His writing style is great. I can hear his voice in my head. I'm going to get the audio book once I read this, which I'm sure I will appreciate on a whole other level. Um, he is, I, you know, it's, it's weird to say he is, I think, one of the preeminent voices and minds of our time. And what was um, Stephen Fry's buddy's name? Hugh Laurie? No. The other guy. Which other guy? Can't... I can remember his name. I wouldn't be asking you. What show was he like? The travel guy. Didn't he have a friend that did like travel stuff? You talking about Ricky Gervais and the travel guy? Yeah, I am. Yeah, I am. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, because Ricky Gervais had that travel guy. I don't remember Isn't his name Ricky either. Isn't Ricky Gervais friends with Stephen Fry? He might be. I don't know. Um, I was, th- I was yeah. thinking about the other guy, whatever the other guy's name is. Ricky Gervais travel guy. I'm sure the name's going to come up. Carl. Yeah. Carl, Carl Pilkington. Pilkington. Yeah. 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 What From was an it? idiot abroad. Idiot abroad. That was, uh, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> no, a bit Fry and Lori. Again, great show if you haven't seen it. Fantastic. Uh, well, all right there. So both of us have things we're interested in. Check out. Um, I'm blanking. The horror show on Friday. The last That's whose name? Drive-in. The last drive in. Joe Bob Briggs. Thank you. Um, uh, Stephen Merchant. Ah, that's Stephen Merchant's to. name. There we go. Man, I there am we just, go. That's fair. Can you tell it's the last week of the semester? Because holy shit, I'm done. I'm going to say it one last time. Like, if you need even just like a week or two, like we can go to twice a month if you oh. want. All right. I'm going to keep, I'm very happy to keep going. I'm just saying. I want to make sure that I'm, I'm, I'm not, you know, pushing you. You know, no, oh, yes, you, you pushing you to the breaking point. That's yes, you, you are the one pushing me to the breaking yeah, point. That's it. I agree. Insisting you get all these jobs and things. Yes. Uh, we hope you have enjoyed episode 318 of this wonderful, wonderful show. I think it's 317. 17? It? I think it was would the have last been one 316. No, last week wasn't anything because we didn't record last week. And then 316 was the week before that. That's true. I don't know. I think so. <laughs> I'm looking. Hold on. I'm looking. Right. Yeah, you're right. All the last right. one was if we were more clever, 316. So this is 317. Um, but we could have called it 318 and no one would have noticed. True. Uh, we'll, we'll see you for episode 400 next week. Uh, we, we always appreciate you listening to the DDTDT experience. Doc Manson. 
Anything else you'd like to say before we head into that good night? Uh, podcast at DDTWrestling.com is our email address. You already listened to the show, so I'm not going to tell you how to find us. And uh, Patreon.com forward slash DDTWrestling. Yes. The more patrons we have, the less Doc needs to work 18 jobs. I think he's going to be a candy striper next week, ladies and gentlemen. I hope so. How is your dad, by the way? How's your dad? Uh, you know, alive. Okay. Yeah, he's fine. I don't. I mean, he's home again. Um, All right. Chronic thickening of the pericardium, they think. Oh, so that doesn't sound. At good. some point, they're going to have to go in and remove the membrane around his heart. You can live without it. So it is what it is. Well, okay. And while they're in there, they'll probably give him a triple or quadruple bypass because his coronary arteries are not great, but they probably don't need to be done. But as long as they're going in for open heart surgery, sure. you know, that's, I suppose <laughs> let's get everything done. We can. Yeah. Oh my goodness. The times we live in, uh, he is doc Manson at doc Manson tweet at him. Tell him to take it easy. My name is DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. Uh, have yourselves one hell of a weekend. Until we meet again, my friends, won't you be our besties?